Alice Onlin and Herbert Konings are founding partners of Security Token Group. All opinions expressed by them or guests on this podcast are solely their opinions and do not represent the views of Security Token Group or its subsidiaries. You should not take any opinion expressed on the show as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow any investment strategy. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Welcome. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Security Token Show. We're coming to you from our studio in sunny Miami, Florida. It's a beautiful day here. I'm your host, Herwood Konings, and I'm joined, of course, by my co-host and business partner, Kyle Sondland. And for those of you who are new listeners, you should know each week of the show starts out by covering last week's industry news, followed by the newest security token offerings and updates, followed by a breakdown of the secondary trading report. That's right. And then we're going to finish off our show with our weekly main topic discussion, which this week is covering a list of all of the approved and upcoming marketplaces and exchanges to trade security tokens. But of course, we can't get started without first doing our Company of the Week Awards, where we award two companies for making the biggest moves in the industry over the past week. So who is your pick for this week, Herwig? Well, folks, my company of the week made headlines by becoming one of the most funded security token companies in the industry and the most funded company, I think, in Singapore, now that they just secured $50 million in capital for their Series A. I'm talking about none other than iStocks, everyone. The security token marketplace, completely approved by the MAS regulators over a year ago, has helped STOs like Eternal Grade raise millions of dollars, and now they're gonna take their platform to the next level with a ton of fresh capital, including from major Japanese banks, which are joining Tokai Tokyo and the National Singapore Exchange as existing investors. So iStocks is shaping up to be Singapore's biggest player in the security token space. And for that, Kyle, they win my company of the week this episode. I think this is a great pick. We, we love iStocks. We've worked with them in the past and, and put out a, an interview series with them before. And we just know the great work that they're doing. We're actually going to cover that a little bit more at the later main topic segment of the episode, but congratulations to iStocks. Who do you have for us, Kyle? Well, my company of the week is on a similar note, and it's another secondary marketplace. And my company of the week is Oasis Pro Markets, who is our newest approval for an ATS license to trade security tokens here in the US. And so as I said, we're going to dive deeper into what that really means for the security token landscape later in the episode. But I'm incredibly excited to read this news because back when we first launched this podcast, you know, what, 78 episodes ago, a couple years back, one of the biggest gripes that we had about the security token industry is that here in the US, especially regulators were moving very slowly to grant approvals for financial licenses, like for upstart firms, especially looking to get into the blockchain space and provide support for tokenized business models. And at the time, brokers and marketplaces were being held in a little bit of a purgatory where they weren't being approved nor denied. So not much progress could actually be made, which is tough because firms couldn't operate in the industry and without the financial service providers, we couldn't facilitate new offerings or bring investors to any specific platform. So now that we're seeing this bottleneck clear as yet another firm receives approval and to facilitate trading of security tokens, and this time it's actually very innovative. So according to the press release, Oasis claims to be the first US regulated ATS allowing subscribers to trade digital securities and make payment for those digital securities and digital cash, which they include as stable coins such as USDC and DAI, as well as when available central bank digital currencies or fiat. On top of that, Oasis's ATS is authorized to allow its subscribers to trade both registered and unregistered securities, 
trade digital securities over the counter as well as through their ATS, trade both equity and debt in digital form through the use of a blockchain and to invest in initial private offerings that can be recorded on the blockchain. So to break this all down, here's how Oasis is innovating. First, they've received explicit approval to trade digital securities, which is a great first step, but I think it's one that we've seen from a few other ATSs here in the US. However, allowing for settlement of those trades in stable coins such as USDC and DAI, as well as actually acknowledging central bank digital currencies is actually pretty stunning. It's pretty fantastic and one of the first approvals that I'm aware of that includes this language. On top of that, they acknowledge trading for both registered and unregistered securities, which basically means public and private companies, in addition to debt products. And finally, this is a pretty big one, but the firm aspires to record these transactions via the blockchain, which is something that most ATSs are still not doing as they're operating on centralized ledgers and then managing the trading of those tokens through a street name instead of actually settling each trade on chain. The release ends with a note that the expected ATS launch date is Q2 2021, which is great news because we're coming up on that in a couple of months, which is a tremendous accomplishment for Oasis and to not only receive approval, but to push for the specific language around blockchain-based settlement and stablecoins. This is all fantastic stuff and absolutely deserving of my company of the week for episode 78. Oh, absolutely, Kyle. One of the most difficult licenses to get within the entire securities industry. So few of them that are focused on security tokens, but now here's one more. Oasis, uh, definitely a huge congratulations and shout out for, as Kyle said, you know, the SEC approval and the explicit language you use in your application for wanting to you know, forward blockchain innovation is, is absolutely spot on. So great stuff there. Now let's get into the news. So before I do, I want you all to know that all the articles we cover on this show, they're sourced from stomarket.com slash news. And they're also available for reference in the about description of this podcast from wherever you're listening to. Or you can always go to our Medium. Our Medium blog has all the articles that we talk about so you can go read them for yourselves uh, whenever you want to go check that out. So kicking things off is major news for security token regulation in Luxembourg, where European issuance platform Tokeny is based and has been active in promoting improved regulation. So bill number 7637 has officially been adopted last week, which expanded on regulation introduced in 2019. So essentially the move follows Switzerland and Germany in making it possible for securities to legally be recorded and tracked via a blockchain or distributed ledger database. Uh, so modernizing this regulation and it defines security tokens really for what they are, securities tracked via the blockchain. So I think this is great news all around too because this may be a pattern taking hold that many other countries will follow and hopefully the U.S. does too. And speaking of the U.S., the SEC recently settled another ICO case. So blockchain microservices startup Wireline will pay $650,000 to settle charges filed by the U.S. SEC and over a 16.3 million crypto token sale that happened in 2018. So the SEC alleged that its marketing materials wireline had made false and misleading statements, giving the impression that it had developed a functioning feature complete prototype on which numerous third-party developers were actively testing and utilizing all aspects of the platform and that the tokens were actually going to be issued in 2018. Well, of course, now as part of that enforcement, there are going to be no tokens issued at all. And that ultimately that the tokens were actually were deemed securities, uh, which is of course why they have the resulting penalties. So this was a case that started a while ago. So there's definitely not that this was under the new regime in any way. And I think everyone is actually wondering about what will the new SEC chairperson do for security tokens and blockchain? So according to a Crowdfund Insider uh, article diving into this topic, new chair Gary Gensler is seen as a fintech friendly 
going as far back as to teach blockchain at MIT. I wow. mean, that's huge. We can gain inference from here how he might be thinking and actually acting during his tenure due to his actual past work running the CFTC during the Obama administration. So prior to that, he worked for almost two decades for Goldman Sachs. Interestingly, in 2018, he actually discussed crypto, saying he both a security and a commodity. In fact, at the time, he even said that there are probably well over a thousand tokens that are operating outside of US law and will likely have to come into regulatory compliance, which is something activities we've seen from the past regime over the last four years. Uh, but he also mentioned that Ethereum and Ripple are likely securities as well. Interesting now that the uh, Ripple case is going on, but Ethereum seems to have kind of been given in the clear. So at the same time, Gensler also said that blockchain has the potential to lower costs as well as diminishing risk, but there is no need to adapt some of the rules so that the tech can fit in. So, uh, you know, there's going to be, uh, ultimately he said it's a chance to be a catalyst for change in finance. So all in all, my takeaway is that he's going to be a good thing for security tokens, uh, but we'll see, of course. And then the first test potentially is coming right up because pending Senate confirmation, uh, you know, what you need to know is, and it's not an uncommon move, the Biden administration froze all new activities submitted to the office of the federal registrar so that they can be reviewed by the new regime and modified or canceled as they see fit. So as a result, anything already submitted will already be delayed a little bit. And that means we're talking about the changes for the uh, accredited investor definition not being altered, but potentially some of the changes to the regulation crowdfunding improvements. So we're going to be watching this very closely to see what happens happens, hopefully no alterations whatsoever. And over at the OCC, the Office of the Currency of the, Currency of the Com Comptroller may have also found its new head with Michael Barr, uh, taking over for Brian Brooks. So Michael Barr supposedly was an advisor for Ripple Labs dating back to 2015, although supposedly he's no longer affiliated. Definitely good time to get out, given that Ripple just got hit with their securities uh, lawsuit by the SEC. And, and Brooks, Brian Brooks did a lot for the OCC. So let's see if Michael Barr can take up the reins. He's got some big shoes to fill if he wants to win over the crypto industry. And France is also known as a hotbed for financial innovation with the Banque de France, the French central bank, recently announcing that they have begun trials with digital currency for interbank settlement. So according to the bank's statement, the pilot involved a settlement on a private blockchain provided by UK blockchain startup Settle, S-E-T-L. The trial used Settle's fund management platform Easness, or Eden probably, or along with City. Cassier, Groupama, OFIAM, DXC, all as part of the process for the first settlement of funds using a CBDC, a central bank digital currency, for around 2 million euros. So the statement says that more trials are along the way and one can expect regulators and politicians to listen to their financial monetary arm when it comes to France. Their Fed says, if you will, bring on the blockchain. Nice. Moving into company announcements over in Canada, the first private securities marketplace to operate in multiple provinces has opened with its first issuer and is onboarding accredited investors according to their press release. So the company is called Finhaven and it aims to have around 30 issuers and will mostly be private commercialized firms looking to raise around 2 million in capital to fund their next stage of growth. So in particular, Finhaven Private Markets is targeting issuers in various industries, including technologies, food, real estate, and climate change. And that's a big deal, folks. Canada now has a live and fully operating security token marketplace available to accredited investors, regardless of which province they live in. I mean, it's a really big deal because each province makes its own securities laws as well. So they even have an issuer live already. It's called Solar Park. And Kyle will give you the rundown later in the show during the SEO updates on that one. So congratulations, Finhaven, on going live. 
And this obviously in this episode of Security Token Markets now with Oasis and Finhaven. And now we've also got Pixelplex, which has launched an end-to-end -end STO platform. So to be clear, the New York-based firm does not have an ATS license or broker-dealer operated marketplace whatsoever. The blockchain technology, they say, is end-to-end -end, simply supports peer-to-peer -peer transactions as most tokenization providers typically do. They do, however, boast some successful offerings already, claiming five successful projects, one of which raised $20 million, they say. So that's incredible. Another player in the on the radar there, Kyle. Hmm. Next, we saw an announcement from Black Manta Capital Partners out of Europe, which partnered up with nearby tokenized stock exchange out of Gibraltar. That's tokenized with an S, not a Z. BMCP will be acting as a corporate advisor, which means that they can help issuers get sponsored and listen, list, listed, uh, placed potentially on the tokenized exchange. So a critical role usually played by investment bankers, but now being done by the next generation fintechs of the world. And the Bahamas International Stock Exchange has announced that they are pausing their security token revolution. So the delay is being cited as a result of people and market constraints. And Chief Executive Officer at the BISX, Keith Davies, said the following quote, There's been a lot of changes in that area. We're looking at how we can evolve and take advantage of them in that environment. The work is ongoing. We're looking at new avenues and new partners to help drive this. Right now, we know digital assets are the future. It will revolutionize the way in which market interacts with investors. So that's an evolving area and ongoing process for us, end quote. So it seems like the Bahamas aren't going back to their original 2019 intentions to digitize, but they're just slightly delayed as they look at to take the right approach to market. And STO Box has announced last week that they partnered with Asia Blockchain Community, which is part of Broadcast.cc, a media group operating out of Singapore and South Korea. So STO Box, which has offices in Estonia and New York, is now expanding east with their offering suite of security token services, a move other firms in the space like SolidBlock and Securitize have already started, also including Security Token Market here, which works with Japan Security Token Association and Redblock Capital out of Japan, or Redblock Capital out of China to syndicate media across Asia. So let's connect the world through security tokens. And finally, I have a few resources and opinion articles that came out last week. The first is by Stephen Niffelberg on Crowdfund Insider talking about smart contracts. So Stephen is an associate at Dwayne Morris, which is a law firm in New Jersey. And as he says it, quote, as smart contracts become more commonplace, the risk of failing to enact new laws to define parties' rights and obligations in conducting blockchain-based asset transfers grows exponentially. And then he goes on to show many examples of why it's important, something we've been preaching on the show here since we started making episodes back in 2019. We need to define blockchain-based security tokens like Luxembourg just did, uh, or Stephen is right, the US will fall behind. And it's week two of Peter Gaffney's Tokenize This series, and he's got yet another interesting use case for us all to dive into. It started with the American Airlines Arena, then he started the series with Airbnb rentals, and now this week we're looking at Shopify stores. So as e-commerce and dropshipping have seen sharp increases over the last few years, many entrepreneurs have developed profitable e-commerce sites that are fairly easy to launch using tools like Shopify that have the checkout and website tools all in one place. So of course, getting into the game is difficult, and as the market becomes more saturated, it's more difficult to succeed. So Peter argues that security tokens will give us all the chance to get exposed to the profits of the industry without having to get involved ourselves actively. So that's a win-win for everyone. Check it out if you're interested on Medium. And Nicholas Weber, head of business development at Amazing Blocks, a Liechtenstein-based tokenization provider, wrote an article on real estate tokenization in the tokenizer a few days ago. So he shares his thoughts on why real estate is ripe for security token disruption and his outlook on the industry moving forward. 
Uh, so real estate people, definitely go check that out if you got a chance. I know there's a, a couple of tidbits in there you might want to read. And Harander Misra, the CEO of GMEX Group out of London, uh, that stands for Global Markets Exchange Group, by the way, also shared his predictions for the industry in 2021 across digital assets as a whole. So he mostly attributes market growth due to increased adoption of tokenization, as well as increased CBDC usage and tri trialing, of course, while also saying that payments are converging between B2B and B2C. So to get some context, go give it a read when you have some time. And finally, on the trend of predictions, Omar Faridi at Crowdfund Insider collected some predictions from the industry leaders, including from the CEO of Paxful, Propine, Chainlink, Academics out there, and of course, yours truly from Kyle and Jonah at Security Token Market. And then Nisa Amoyles of Forbes went all out and did a full-on predictions review interview with Kyle and I, which was released today, so at the time of release. So, of course, you can get our full list of predictions from the 2021 predictions episode we did a few weeks ago. That's episode 75. But Nisa does a far better job getting the synopsis in our interview. Give her some love and share this article if you like our predictions, and be sure to share yours with us on Twitter or at stlmarket.com. Com. And that's the full rundown from last week for you all. Kyle, what's the latest with the market and new security token offerings? Wow. You know that Heroic is going to cover everything happening in the industry. You get it all here first from a regulatory perspective, from an infrastructure development perspective. And unfortunately, hopefully, that regulation crowdfunding expansion really gets passed through. That's the one that we're, we're kind of hoping on here. That freeze is, is, is uh, you know, I'm scary. Yeah, a little scary. I, I uh, you know, hopefully everything goes through smooth. We don't want to get too down on it yet, but we'd love to see that pass through. Remember that expected date was supposed to be March 15th, 2021. Now that's up in the air. Now, there weren't too many security token updates this week, but in case you're a new listener or missed the last few episodes, I figured I'd give you some highlights. The first one is from a very high-profile security token offering that has just launched called Infinite Fleet. It's a sci-fi video game that's being crowdfunded by publishing company Exordium. And the firm is selling equity and a revenue split of the game's sales with early investors. So backed by high-profile Bitcoin developers and early investors, this company has brought a lot of great attention to the industry and is fundraising through the Stalker platform. That's S-T-O-K-R. Then we've got issuance platform Realty, which has tokenized over 60 real estate properties across Detroit, New York, Ohio, and Florida, with nine currently trading on Uniswap. And according to the founder, Remy Jacobson, 40 more will be trading very, very soon, which will bring us close to 50 tokenized properties trading live. Woo! Upcoming security token exchange INX has announced multiple listings coming to the platform once it launches, including Wave Financial's Whiskey Fund, ClickOwn, and Solid Blocks tokenized real estate, and even the Infinite Security Token, Infinite Fleet Security Token, excuse me, that I just mentioned, will also be trading on INX. And then finally, to wrap up our recent news, Curzio Research, which is the issuer behind the CEO token, which represents equity in a financial newsletter business that is trading on Merge, has announced its quarter one dividend. The firm will be paying approximately 2% per year back to shareholders on top of the equity appreciation of the shares on the secondary market, which are up about 40% to date. And with those updates out of the way, we can move into our one new security token offering this week, and it's coming from Canada. As Herwig mentioned, Finhaven Private Markets is a new financing platform for tokenized securities, and they've officially launched and they're looking for new clients. They're looking to bring on up to 30 issuers in the next two years, but according to their press release, it is going to be selective. You got to raise at least $2 million in funding your next stage of growth. They're also looking to target issuers in various industries, including tech, food, real estate, and climate change. 
And the first issue we're on the platform is Solar Park, which is a high efficiency solar panel manufacturer with a diversified portfolio of clients in the US and South Korea for residential and commercial markets. So the company was founded in 2007 and has over 150 employees. Solar Park is raising 13 million through an 8% convertible bond with a three year maturity looking to deliver 43 million in secured contracts with a six billion solar power plant project in South Korea by August 2021. This is quite an ambitious project. This is an experienced team in the industry and they're looking to raise 13 million through an 8% convertible bond. Definitely look into checking that one out if you're interested. And it's great to see yet another entrant into the security token industry in Finhaven. I love I love their focus on climate change and some of these emerging technologies and sustainable development. So you can check out Solar Park and more on finhaven.com. F-I-N-Haven.com. And as always, our pricing data and market updates come directly from stlmarket.com where we have all of that trading data. And the market cap was up nearly 10% this week, closing at $421 million. T0 and Overstock, yet again, leading the market. They had a very strong week, bringing our market cap back up over that $400 range for the first time since November 2020. So it's been a good couple of months. T0 and Overstock were the strongest performers this week and they drove the market forward. It's very interesting to see that this is another week where the two tokens had very similar weekly trading volume, despite the fact that Overstock represents a three times larger market cap. So it does show that there's still very strong interest for that T0 token and that the firm has built a very strong brand behind it. On top of that, CEO Sam Norsalehi has confirmed a roadmap for 2021 is coming soon, and that may be driving some optimism for the shares. This was a very tough week on top of that for the realty assets that we've covered many times with a lot of them seeing double digit pullbacks this week. As we've mentioned before, the price of these things does depend on outside factors outside of just their real estate prices and the price of Ethereum is holding strong right now. So that price change could be driven by optimism in other DeFi projects, leading investors to pull their Ethereum out of the liquidity pools in favor of investing in other options. This would depress the price as the additional sell orders and redemptions would cause corresponding corrections on the asset prices. And as we've seen in the past, those assets usually rebound very quickly and I'd expect them to do the same here as the market adjusts to the new prices. Also, an interesting note is that this wasn't actually totally consistent across Uniswap as a whole, as Mount Pelerin's equity tokens, which also trade on Uniswap, were up 16% this week. So even though on top of that, one property for Realty, Audubon Road, which is the best performing Realty property to date, was up 20% this week. So it's not all gloom and doom for Uniswap and Realty this week. However, it was for many of the properties trading there. And with that security token offering update this week, I think it's time to move into our main topic on security token trading platforms. What do you think, Herwig? Thanks as always for sharing that market info with us, Kyle. You know, but I think I'm ready to dive in. So it's a very relevant topic considering both of our companies of the week for this episode are marketplaces for security tokens. And now that we may have licensed exchanges and trading venues launching all around the world, it does seem like a pretty good time to review which countries are paving the way for security token liquidity, Kyle. So as a reminder, before we dig into specific platforms around the world, I think the best place to start is by covering the technical differences between the various common licenses that allow companies companies to facilitate securities trading. Starting here in the US, we really have two different levels of approval, the first being an ATS license and the second one being a national exchange license. An ATS license, which stands for Alternative Trading System, is a license given to broker dealers to allow them to find a counterparty 
for a securities trade. These brokers are essentially operating as over-the-counter OTC desks where they don't actually operate a live order book or facilitate large market-making operations, and instead they try to find an individual buyer for each seller in a matching order. This is different from an exchange, which is regulated separately from broker-dealers, and in turn they are allowed to operate a full order book model. An order book essentially allows an exchange to list, buy, and sell tickets to a common ledger, allowing smaller orders from other investors to slowly chip away at that pool of available shares for a given stock at a, at a specific price. This can be much more efficient and a much more fluid trading experience, but it involves bid-ask spreads, market makers, and other layers of liquidity. The other very important distinction is in the terminology. So if a company has an ATS license, they cannot use many of the common words associated with trading. If they are not an exchange, they need to be defined as a marketplace, a trading platform, or one of these other vague descriptions. On top of that, there are smaller minutiae in terminology, including new listings, calling new listings placements, or calling the investors that use the platform subscribers. This is the reason why we have to be very careful about the words that we use to describe, and that's how you can differentiate the different firms here on the show. And so based on those dif- those descriptions, you may be able to tell which firm has an ATS license or if they're listed as a national exchange just based off of how we talk about them. That's absolutely right, Kyle. Great breakdown. You know, Many of these firms need to be on point with their terminology. And while it may be tempting to call any marketplace an exchange, it's really not the case. At least here in the U.S., it isn't. The ATS license has essentially become an exchange light license, allowing more firms to participate in the secondary market without facing the same level of regulatory scrutiny that exchanges do. You know, as of the end of December 2020 here, uh, there were 59 broker dealers who have received ATS approval. You know, conversely, there are only 24 licensed national securities exchanges with nine firms owning or operating those 24. So as you can see, this is an incredibly difficult license to get, especially for smaller firms. And so an ATS can provide a great bridge to liquidity while a firm builds its case to allow potentially for full public market access with an exchange. So let's review some of the players here in the U.S. Which familiar names have been approved for that ATS license, Erwin? Well, the SEC actually publishes a list every month detailing the brokers with ATS licenses, so we can cross-reference that to find all the information we need. We have some familiar names like Open Finance and T0, of course, which are live and currently trading security tokens. We also have a few that we've covered on the show before, including your company of the week this week, Oasis, right? In addition to others like Rialto, Templum, Shares Post, North Capital. A few others to note include uh, Abe or Abe, which is a self-described platform dedicated to distributed ledger technology and tokenized assets, as well as Coinbase through Keystone Capital and Seed Invest and Start Engine, two large crowdfunding portals, you know, as well as Carta, which is a huge cap table management platform, also all have ATSs. And a final entry to note there is Distributed Technology Markets, which was acquired by security token issuance platform Securitize. So by my count, that's at least nine ATS licenses that were granted to firms that have openly supported digital securities and tokenized assets with a few more that may lean that way in the future you know and who knows how many more are applying without our knowledge compare that with the list of national exchanges where nasdaq the nyse and the cboe own 70 percent of the pool there's one important national exchange to note which is the box exchange which partnered with t0 and hopes to launch the boston security token exchange but unfortunately they faced several rejections and have had to apply multiple times so we're not expecting that to launch anytime soon yeah that's all very exciting news i love that ats licenses at least are being approved now and there's more and more entrants into the space 
But you know, it, it's another great thing to note here is that many of these names that you listed, including Rialto, North Capital, Securitize, and even one that we, we didn't mention there, Texture Capital, have all happened very recently, and including Oasis, which just happened this week. So this has me really optimistic that more approvals will continue in 2020, or 2021 rather, to allow more firms to begin providing trading platforms for security tokens. Absolutely. I mean, it's very exciting to think about where we'll be at the end of the year. But I think now it's time to turn our attention abroad, right? In Europe, there are also two levels of classifications for marketplaces. They have less restrictive multilateral trading facility, NTF licenses, which is similar to an ATS license. And then you have the national stock exchanges. In contrast to the US licenses, the MTF is granted more frequently uh, and is actually slightly less strict than its counterpart here. Uh, but conversely, there seems to be less opportunity for private firms to receive a national stock exchange license in Europe, as mostly they are essentially all nationalized uh, stock exchanges across Europe. Yeah, so some examples of the MTF-approved trading platforms in Europe include the high-profile Archax in England, which is rumored to be very close to launch. But we also see platforms like Token Market, HQLAX in Germany, the NPEX in the Benelux region, Signum and the Six in Switzerland, and a few in Malta, including LXDX and MSX. Not to mention the tokenized stock exchange and GSX out of Gibraltar. So those are just a few of the examples I could have picked as there's almost too many to list. However, it's important to note that as far as I know, none of these platforms have launched trading services for security tokens yet. There's a lot of hype in Europe and the regulators certainly have been in favor of regulating digital assets and blockchain-based ledgers, but we've yet to see one of these exchanges actually launch. So I think that Archax is anticipating that launch very soon as I know they've been working on development for years and that they could it could potentially be a watershed moment for the EU because as we've seen even here in the US, once one firm is approved, it does seem like that's often a catalyst for larger change across the industry. Europe is certainly a leader on the primary offerings side with many completed issuances through Tokeny, Mount Pelerin, Bitbond, and many others. So I'd expect liquidity demands to continue to pressure firms into expanding into this new technology to support investors and in assets that currently have nowhere to trade. And as we've seen also there with the regulation uh, across Switzerland, Germany, uh, and now we just saw with Luxembourg, I expect a lot of that to help as well. Absolutely. So Europe is definitely positioning itself as a leader in the fintech and blockchain sector. But I think you make a good point that it's still yet to complete that full life cycle of a tokenized asset from issuance into trading on a secondary market. So it's a key infrastructure requirement that will lead to increased interest from issuers as you know they're going to feel more satisfied with the opportunity and feasibility of tokenization, you know, improving the assets available for investments and therefore, of course, building a healthier market for everyone involved. And Archax and SIX and and HQLX, of course, which just raised 14 million euros. They all really seem promising when it comes to making it happen in Europe, among others. But the US and Europe aren't the only jurisdictions focused on security tokens, of course. And I think it's time to dig in potentially the biggest region of them all, Kyle. Of course. You're talking about Asia. Especially with the news from your company of the week, this week over in Singapore, iStocks, which just raised 50 million for development, not only of their, their Singaporean exchange, but for a second exchange in China. So before we dig into that China expansion, maybe it's worth breaking down the Singapore regulation. Sure, I'm happy to take the lead on this one, Kyle. So in Singapore, the regulatory body that governs the country, as I mentioned earlier on the show, is called the Monetary Authority of Singapore, the MAS. They've been very supportive of financial innovation and actually set up a regulatory sandbox where companies can build their 
own solution in fintech under their, their guidance of regulators, so ensuring all compliance measures are being followed while allowing the MAS to get a better understanding of the solutions being developed. And this innovative process allows many Singaporean fintech firms to develop innovative yet compliant solutions, and iStocks is one shining example of this process working to its full potential. So after joining the Sandbox in late 2017, iStocks graduated in 2020 and as a recognized market operator, an RMO, uh, and a capital markets services, CMS licensee. Uh, with these licenses, ISOX can use distributed ledger technology to issue custody and trade digitized securities in Singapore. And since graduating, iStocks has done just about everything. The firm offers issuance services and actually now supports trading for six security tokens, five of which are funds, and the sixth one is a bond offering. The data is protected, so we haven't yet been able to actually access that trading data yet, but we can see that they're thriving. So, so much so that the firm is actually launching exchange services in China as well, as I hinted yeah. to earlier. Building on its success in Singapore, in November 2020, ISOC signed an agreement with the Shangjing Monetary Authority to create a digital securities exchange in Shangjing, a uh, province of the Chinese market. So as part of the agreement, iStocks and the financial regulator there in China will work together to establish a Zhangjing Singapore Financial Services Hub, which will include a security token exchange developed by, of course, iStocks. So this complements other security token exchanges in the region, including the Fusong Exchange based in Malaysia and other rumored uh, exchanges developed by Huobi, Binance, and VaultX. You know, Japan is also red hot. Uh, local investment banks like SBI also looking to launch security token markets there. And to wrap up our world tour, we have a few additional fantastic platforms to cover. The first one is one you've surely heard of on the show many times before, and that's Merge. Merge is a fully reg regulated exchange based in the Seychelles. While many that you know, it may be a country that you're not necessarily familiar with, they are a member of the World Federation of Exchanges, which is the global industry association for exchanges and clearinghouses, and includes members like the NASDAQ, New York Stock Exchange, and the London Stock Exchange. So Merge supports security token trading, and they actually currently trade for security tokens and they're about as legit as you can get. Aside from that, we have many rumored Caribbean security token exchanges, mostly sponsored by technology platform Blockstation, which is working with countries such as the Barbados and Jamaica to develop white label solutions for their national stock exchanges to support blockchain technology and security tokens. So while these are exciting initiatives, no official date has been announced and many of these are likely longer term projects. And lastly, I think it's also telling that the Euronext, the largest stock exchange in Europe, invested in Tokeny, and I presume that will one day also get into the game game in the next few years, I think. That's totally right, Herwig. I mean, some great longer term plays are in the making and some of those are the most institutional of them all. And to close out our world tour, I would be remiss if I didn't mention decentralized exchanges. And what is clearly one of the biggest fintech innovations of 2020, decentralized finance has opened up opportunities for issuers and investors around the world to leverage permissionless financial services, which include trading. Uniswap is the leader here, providing billions of dollars of liquidity for users around the world and is technically the leading exchange by security token trading with 11 at total assets currently live on the platform with dozens more coming as we mentioned from Realty. There are many other decentralized solutions in development, including Curiova Invest and others, and these platforms offer smart contract-based solutions for trading assets. And so while these exchanges are absolutely operating in a legal gray area here with no licenses or real public accountability, they have offered innovative solutions and a much-needed liquidity platform for security token issuers that either have too small of a market cap to trade on larger centralized platforms 
or in the cases like the Swiss-based Mount Pelerin, they have no other option due to the lack of trading platforms supporting European assets. Yeah, I mean, DeFi is a huge innovation and many hybrid solutions will also appear, I think. Uh, but Uniswap and security token DEXs are absolutely a competitor to everyone we just mentioned. So make no mistake about it. They are actively supporting security token liquidity as we speak. And on that note, I think that's a great full breakdown of all the current liquidity options here in the security token industry. So we have a full list of over 70 exchanges that we published on our Medium blog that you can check out for more information on any of them. And if we left any out, of course, that you think are crucial to note, drop us a link on Twitter or LinkedIn and we'll check it out. And be sure to engage with the community at stomarket.com for all your latest trading information and news. Thanks again for listening to yet another great episode of the Security Token Show. We'll talk to you next week for episode 79.